Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Hi, Liz. Hey, Deb. Merry, Merry Christmas! Happy, Happy New Year! Merry Happy New Year! <laughs> We're right in between the two holidays. Yes, Christmas we are. is over. Twenty twenty one is almost here. Two days away. I know. I'm so excited. I know. Me too. But we just have to remember that midnight, December thirty first, mm-hmm. and things are not going to change. No, that. <laughs> At twelve oh one, they are not. You know, and so we just have to keep the faith, and we yeah. keep have we keep we have to go keep going strong. Exactly. I you know yeah. I, I wrote out a lot of Christmas cards this year, and I found myself saying, you know, here's hope and peace, whatever for a better twenty twenty one. But it's like it's not going to really be better right at first. It's we're still in the same kind of situation. But I think because of the vaccine and some different things that are going on, we've got. A new situation in the White House potentially, yeah. and um, there well not potentially legally legally we do in fact have somebody <laughs> yeah, new yeah. coming in. But well, yeah. So we're we're hopeful for January twentieth that everything's going to be smooth, but that there is some hope on the horizon for the new year. Very and much so. so. Yeah, very much so. And yeah. you know, as we turn the page on an old year. Um, the next year, it does feel very hopeful. It does. Um, do you make New Year's resolutions? I usually do. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, my, my husband, he makes his New Year's resolutions on his birthday. Which is when? In May. Oh. So he, he likes to start out the new year of his birth with resolutions, which I think that's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. So I've kind of started doing a little bit of that, but yes, I typically try to make some resolutions. I try not to make them too radical. Okay. Because I know that I won't be able to stick to it. I'm going to go to the gym every day. (laughs) I won't be able to do that. Right. (laughs) I'm going to quit eating all sugar. I won't be able to do that. (laughs) No, me neither. Sugar and I are very good friends. Yeah. So, but, but I can do small things. You know, my daughter and I, we've decided that we're going to hold each other accountable to at least doing like a, a yoga class together, an online couple times a week so we're going to try to find look at our schedules and find two half hours or two hours where we can share on a zoom you know you can go to youtube and we can both watch the same one right and we can do it so i know she's doing it and she knows i'm doing it and we're doing it together and then afterwards we talk and that's not only really good for your personal health right but it's really good for your relationship yeah to have that date you yeah know, we have a standing date we have a standing week. yoga date so yeah. we're gonna we're we've decided that we're gonna really do that and that's been my main resolution you know i've 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 wanted to maybe change some things about eating and some stuff like that but but um you're not going to stop drinking wine, are you? Well, I might for 30 days. Ooh. I might for 30 days. Nice. Just to, just to, you know. Last year, at the beginning of the year, I had to take a drug 
um, because I had a skin thing going on mm-hmm. that we tried a topical thing and it didn't work. And so I had to take this medication that couldn't drink any alcohol Ooh. while you're taking this med. And so I, it was only for seven days, but I ended up going for 38 without, with, alcohol. without alcohol. And it felt really good. That's awesome. You know, it did. It I felt, bet you slept a little bit better. Your skin was probably yeah. noticeably better. Yeah, yeah, I just, I think I had more energy and just felt more, you know, clear-minded. And so, so John and I might do that for 30 days. All and, I've you know, wanted to do in 2020 is drink tequila and eat bread. <laughs> I, I mean, it has just been, you know, I have to it's, fight to put the loaf of bread away. I know, I know. Well, it's like, oh... You know, people tease, you know, it's it's 5 o'clock somewhere, but, you know, not at noon, people. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's 5 o'clock somewhere when it's noon here, but I'm not going to start drinking at noon. At noon. No. That's right. Um, I think that um, the way I'm feeling right now, I really want to spend January being completely selfish. That's kind of my resolution. That's a good idea. Because, you know what, I have not ever really done that and I'm not talking about like running off and yeah you know doing something stupid I'm talking about just following my bliss Mm -hmm. following what makes me happy asking myself the question is this what I want to eat for dinner or am I making this because it's what everybody else else wants Mm -hmm. and um am I you know going here because it's what I'm being directed to do Mm -hmm. or is it what I want to do that that's that's important. You know, I think everybody at some point kind of, we need to, we all need to do that. I think that we do. You know. And just ask ourselves, um, you know, whether or not it, it brings us joy. Yeah. You know, the the, um, the the woman who wrote yeah. the book about organizing, Marie yeah. Kondo, correct? Is yeah, that her name? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, she asks you to ask the question, mm-hmm. does this bring me joy? Yeah, I, I love that idea. And I've, I actually have, have done that in my closet. Yeah. And I'm getting ready to do it again. And I sort of did that yesterday here at... at your office. At my at school. school mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of went through and looked through and like, okay, we have a lot of this and that and all these things can go to the thrift store and, you know. I came home from the gym this morning and found, like, my husband had <laughs> 10 or 12 pairs of shoes mm-hmm. all laid out on the bed and he was deciding whether or not these shoes brought him joy, brought him joy <laughs> and whether or not he still wanted them and nice. when I left he was on his way to a shoe store to see if he could find some shoe polish that matched one of his pairs of shoes nice. because he has a couple of pairs of docks and he's really ah yeah he's really per- pleased with his docks but a couple of them need some shoe polish so uh, I can tell that he's kind of in first of the year mode, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm, you know, we were That's... just talking about Christmas gifts. I've got a couple of things that I need to hang on a wall, so mm-hmm. I need to rotate what I have on the wall now out and put them someplace else, or put them away, or donate them, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that. You're going to spend the month of January for you. I mean, I, yeah. When you just said that, it makes me think because I, I know. I, I tend to be a people pleaser, pleasing type of a, that's kind of how I'm wound up. And right. I, you know, am I doing this or that out of obligation or do I really want to do this? Is it, you know, and I sometimes fall into feeling like, well, if I don't do that, 
you know, someone will be mad or something like that. And, and that's not healthy. So finding that balance between, you know, obviously there's some things that we have to do, but finding joy in, in all of the things that we do. And people pleasing to some degree brings me joy. It, me too. Um, me too. I very love much so. cooking for my family. I love baking for, mm-hmm. you know, my family and my friends. Yes, you made, um, you baked me bread. I did. Some, <laughs> some sourdough bread because that is so original in 2020, sourdough bread. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good, people. This is a work of art, loaf of bread. Well, thank you. Um, but that, so that brings me joy. So it's not like I'm going to stop serving yeah. my family no. because that brings me immense joy. Um, but I just, I just want to, I just want to be as healthy as I possibly can. Yeah, yeah. Inside and out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in looking back over 2020, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about 2020, the numbers, mm-hmm. is that we associate that with good vision. Yeah with seeing well. Yeah. And we always say that hindsight is 2020 and you know, so 2020 has brought vision, it has brought clarity it really to does. a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself, about maybe your community, mm-hmm. about your country even mm-hmm. during 2020? Can you well, Can you kind of share some of those things? Yeah. I mean, I'll start with country. I mean, I think that it's been not just in my, you know, reality, but most of our reality that our country is so, so divided. Mm-hmm. And that's been, uh, that's been painful, you know, to really, really grasp and wrap my mind around that reality that so many people are just we're so divided and it seems it seems almost like there's just no fixing it and so that's been depressing quite honestly you know and I know a lot of people that that just that just the political climate of this last year has just depressed so many people and so that has been hard. I I have family members that it's really depressed, and um, so did you realize before this I, year? I how don't very divided we were. I don't think that I understood it to the degree that I understand it now. Right. And maybe it, it's always been there, but I'm so busy, and that's another huge thing. Is that I. I don't, I'm the busiest person that I know. I'm sure there's other people who are just way busier than me, but I don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And so this year, I mean, I've had to stop. I've had no gigs. My school has virtually shut down. I don't have the things that I normally would do on a daily basis here to keep this place going. I don't have those things. My choir... So I've had a lot of free time. Because like most artists, you are a very typical artist in this country, and especially in this town. You're somebody who's always going after the next gig to keep 
money in your pocket yep. and food on the table. Yep. So whether it's having students come into your school where you're teaching voice and mm-hmm. instruments or whether it's a gig where you're singing. Which I had zillions of. Right. Zillions of gigs. All the time. I mean, all the time. Every weekend you two, were busy. Two, three, sometimes four a week. Right. You know, on the weekends or so maybe it's a recording or maybe it's, you know... A church gig or jazz mass or, or, or even choir. The choir, um, the donations from choir would go to pay the bills here at the school right. or maybe help me fill my, up my gas tank or those kinds of things. And all of that has been gone. Correct. And so, you know, I've had to try to fill my life with other things and try to figure out other Things that I would be good at. I mean, God forbid my school goes away. What am I going to do for a job? (laughs) You know? So I've been exploring those things. But I think the free time has been a lot. Maybe has made me wake up to how divided everything is. I'm always so busy running here and there and doing, doing, doing that I don't stop and breathe and, you know, listen to what's going on to the news and and those kinds of things. I mean, and follow your bliss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so um you know, I've I've had to learn to sit still a little bit, which yeah. has been honestly for me really good. I mean, has it has it been hard? It it was hard at first. Right. Um but now I understand just like, boy, Debbie, how how were you maintaining that kind of schedule? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I am a goer, a doer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a lot of energy, and so I, it's hard for me to sit still. It's hard for me to sit through a movie. <laughs> right. I mean, it honestly is. Right. I, I just am like, okay, I'm. I should be like doing something. Yeah. So. And in some ways, that's been really great to have movies at home. Yeah. Because you can actually get things done. You can. <laughs> or, while and, you're or watching you can, a movie. You can stop and take a phone call. Or you yeah, can... Yeah, you can pause it. You and, can pause. Yeah. Or you can... You, yeah, I mean, yeah. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's also... It's brought um, me and some of my friends closer because we've Zoomed. Like, I have a couple girlfriends that both live far away, and so maybe once every two weeks, we'll either FaceTime or Zoom. That's awesome. And um, with my sister as well, we've been Zooming a lot and talking a lot. And so there's been some relationships that have kind of, not, not like they were ever dead, but they've just, they've come alive. Wow. Because we've been spending time. That's great. And so... And on the other side of that coin is there's been some relationships that have maybe fractured a little bit mm-hmm. because of the the veracity with which people express their opinions. Right, and, right. You know, and, well, and sometimes and, you just kind of say, I can't be around that right now. Yeah. Well, and, and Facebook and, and the whole social media thing has just been, whoa, it, it's it's been dramatic I'll right. say there's just been a lot and and you do you see other sides to people and like wow she thinks that really and he thinks that and it just it's it you're right it's it's caused some some uncomfortable feelings for me knowing that other people I know have certain kinds of opinions about this and that and right. 
And they've always been there. And they've always been there, but never in your face as much. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember having differences of opinions with people that I loved yeah. and knew, and it never really got in the way of relationship. Never. But there's something about this invisible wall yep. that separates you on social media where we honestly feel like you can say the, the cruelest things. Right, right. And I, that blows my mind. Right. Because I, I actually saw a thing on the news and... Uh, I can't remember what the term is, but what's the term if somebody says something on social media and then they lose their job because of it? What is that called? There's a there's a term yeah. for that. Um, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. So they were talking about that and cancel how, cancel culture. Cancel culture. Okay. Thank cancel you. Culture. Yes, cancel culture. Yeah. And and they were talking all about that and how people just they don't think. You know, and so this young lady was saying, you know, you have to think before you put something on Facebook. What if your boss sees that? What if your mother sees that? What if, you know, people don't, there's no filter. It's like you said, it's just like this open forum that people can just say whatever they want. And and yet I guess there's ah. there's a question of, uh, well, if, if you're not free to say those things, is that a culture that you want to be a part of? So there's some people yeah. who are perfectly happy with, while it's difficult to be fired or while it's difficult to, you know, be pushed out of your, your group or right. your community, maybe that wasn't a community that we wanted to be a part of right. if we honestly are not able to say these things. So I, I think some people have been very um, grateful for the cancel mm -hmm. culture because they've been like, well, I didn't know that I wasn't allowed to say that, but I'm glad to find out now so that I can move on and yeah, yeah. You know, find another community to be a part of. Right. Um, on the other hand, people are devastated by it as yeah. well. People lose you their know? jobs, they lose their friends, they lose, you know. Right. So, well, what about you? What What have you learned and gained and lost? And well, you know, <laughs> for me, I'm, well, the same. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that... Uh, finding out uh, that I'm not alone. I think that that has actually been a real um, encouragement to me this year. And I, I say that because, you know, we've talked a little bit on this podcast, but I've had some real sad, broken relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, it has shaped my heart mm -hmm. and shaped my life in good ways and in bad ways. Mm -hmm. um, but for a lot of time, I have felt very much alone. I, you know, feel like everybody, nobody else in my life gets kicked out of church when you, you know, right, right. when your kids mess up or whatever, you know, and I, I, I see this and I'm like, how come I get, you know, um, exercised from the body right. of Christ because mm, my kids have made this choice or because I've done this or whatever. Mm. Or, or I was someone thought I did. Someone so thought I said this or did mm. that. Or accused me of this because 
right, their right, own right. whatever issues. Well, now here we are in this in this very transparent culture where people are putting things on Facebook, mm-hmm. where especially the American Christian Church has been under a microscope mm-hmm. for the last four years, but the last year especially. Oh, really? And so now you've got people coming out of the woodwork who are um, telling their story Mm -hmm. um, of their cancel culture experience. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, that makes me feel so much less alone. Right. Um, I'm sad that we are in this kind of conflict, but I'm happy to know that people are able to talk about mm-hmm. um, this, all the stuff that's going on in the church, in the country, mm-hmm. um, and and mm-hmm. maybe maybe some things can be resolved. Maybe we can move in other directions. Maybe we can kind of open our eyes and say, you know what, we've gotten off track right. in this area. And I think you know, for me, the biggest shock has been to see how intertwined American Christianity is with American nationalism. And it's been shocking. It's been shocking. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it has. And I can easily look at Christianity and say, well, this is completely separate from you know, nationalism because there's Christians who live in every continent on the planet. Right. <coughs> but... Um, that seems to not be the case um, with American Christians. It's like you have to be an American nationalist, and you have to be an American Christian, and you have and you have to be both. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Does that make sense? I, I do. And, and sorry, I'm coughing, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> My coat's making a lot of noise. Can you hear it swishing? I can a little bit. Yeah, it's swishy. Sorry about that. <laughs> I bought this coat that's really super lightweight, but it's really warm because I'm always cold and it makes noise. Yeah. So I'm trying to sit really still. That's okay. (laughs) But I have been shocked by um, this kind of judgment about, well, if you're a Christian, you better be, you know, a really good uh, American as well. Mm -hmm. Whereas Christianity, of course, is not an American religion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all over the world. It's all over the world. It didn't start in America. Right. Hello. Right. (laughs) Right. So that's been uh, one thing. I have felt less alone. I have, too, actually, in that regard about all that stuff. Yeah. It's been actually really, really nice to find like-minded people in that regard, um, you know, right. that I feel like I can commune with and talk to and share ideas and stuff. Right. And, um, and more and more people have come out of the woodwork who kind of don't buy into that whole idea of Christian national nationalism, you yeah, know, kind of being, yeah, yeah, yeah. being the same. married, right. you know. Right. And it's also brought, um, you know, like my kids and I a lot closer. You know, there was a very much a generational, not generational, but there was a gap. You know, I have been a, you know, conservative, Republican, Christian my whole life, my whole life. And... Um, 
you know, the last four years have caused me to rethink what it means to be a Christian, yeah. what it means to um, to believe in the Bible, um, what it means to be a, a, an evangelical Christian, mm-hmm. um, which I no longer consider myself an evangelical Christian at all. I mm-hmm. haven't been to church since maybe 2014, 2015, something mm-hmm. like that. And I was very sad about that. Yeah. Um, but I'm feeling a lot better about that. I'm feeling a lot better about kind of my faith. Right. Um, and, and that it's not tied up in any kind of religious organization. It's not tied up in what a pastor tells you to think. Right. It's really become more my own. More of a, your personal journey. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well... I mean, and that's as it should be, really. Right. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the whole idea is that it's a personal thing and that you don't have to go anywhere or do or really do anything except for have your time with God the way that you want to do it. Right. You know, and, and, and you're right. You don't, there's no, I mean, a pastor is great, especially a good pastor that understands how to lead and, and give people the opportunity to think and you know, and and we can we can find podcasts and books and there's all kinds of resources out there. We don't have to walk into a certain building with you know. I think I think what people miss is the community, mm-hmm. and and sadly, in our faith communities, we're seeing people not respecting the pandemic. We're seeing people meeting anyway. And then we're finding people who get sick mm-hmm. because they're meeting anyway, because they're, I don't know, I guess they think that they're immune to COVID be, because they're a Christian. I don't, I don't know, Liz, that, yeah. that part of it for me, I, I, I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand that. So, you know, in my mind, let's say I was part of a church community which I used to be, right? And I didn't leave for for reasons that were were bad. I left because I had been there ten years, and it was just just felt like it was time. I just got married and mm-hmm. felt like it was time for me to move on. And so I loved that little church and all those people there, and I didn't have those issues. But um, you know, I if I were part of a body, I wouldn't be going, right. Isn't it interesting that as a, a Christian, uh, you are, are you grow up hearing and believing that you are um, that the body of Christ is not a building; it is it, it is outside of a building, right? right? The, the church they, is not a building. Right, that's what they teach you. That's what they teach you, and yet this pandemic has hit, which. Again, it hasn't just hit America. No. It has hit the world. Right. It is a global pandemic. Right. And if we truly believe that we are a part of a global church, if the church, we have brothers and sisters, you know, everywhere. In, right, all over the world, then why is it that we have been so adamant, especially here in America, about our rights? To meet together. To meet together in a building. I don't know. I don't get it. 
And this morning on the news, I heard a nurse talking about how important it would be, how great it would be if we could open up some of these venues that are not being used right now, if we could open up convention centers and places like that to to, to gather the sick or to gather um, mm-hmm. doctors and nurses mm-hmm. or to gather supplies right. or to even turn them into a makeshift morgue, God forbid. Right. But you look at some of these big mega churches that are literally sitting empty, mm-hmm. and you just think, gosh, some of those rooms could be turned into a makeshift hospital room. Yeah. We are in a crisis. Right. And to just be sitting there empty, it just seems so wasteful yeah, and yeah, so yeah. shameful. Yeah. You yeah. know? I didn't even think about that. But, I mean, I I do know that there are some places that are you know, socially aware and conscious and doing things like that. I mean, I have heard of a couple different stores and different places that have opened up. But, um, yeah, I don't know, Liz. It's 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 been a really, really inter- interesting nine months, you know. And here we are. In a couple of days, it's going to be 2020. And I, and I do feel hopeful for 2020. But at the same time, I feel like in looking ahead, I have to kind of look ahead differently. Mm-hmm. Because we're not out of this yet. It's not like it's going to turn midnight, like you said, and all of a sudden everything, poof, (laughs) it's going to be gone. You know, we're looking at still many months of being shut down and locked down and more and more people dying and us having to be careful and not, you know, making sure we social distance and all that. And so, I mean, have you, like... Are you planning your year different going into this year? Or? Well, you know, COVID has come very close to our family. And so my stepfather actually passed away. He had a number of underlying health issues, but he, he did ultimately pass away because of COVID. It, it, um, it definitely accelerated his death. And so we're going into 2021. Are, are, are there... Is there going to be any kind of a service for well, him? Well, uh, this weekend, there's going to be an online okay. uh, virtual service. And so um, my mom and, you know, probably a few of us mm-hmm. will gather together okay. m- masked okay. at, at his church, okay. um, their church where they attend. And there will be something that's then available online. Okay. So... So so going now into the new year, mm-hmm. there's going to be mm-hmm. one less person, you know, at the table. Right. There's going to be needs that my mom is going to have yeah. that, you know, the rest of us are going to have to um, help to to get her, you know, keep her going over the next she several years. She does. Okay, good. She drives, right. she shops. She's okay. very, very, very independent. Um, so that's great. Um so there's that. My I have a, a sister-in-law who is still very sick from COVID, and she has struggled quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's been very hard, um, you know, to watch and to watch her not be 100%. But she's probably still going to need a little bit of mm-hmm. support. So 
so going forward, you know, there's even more reason to protect one another, to uh, serve our family, mm -hmm. to um, mm -hmm. think about one another, yeah. because we've seen the effects of this firsthand. Yeah. And it's been it's been really hard. Yeah. You know, it's been really hard. But um, I, I think it's important that each of us, because you know, one of the stats is that 102 people are dying every, is it hour? Every, I, I think it is. I think it's like I, every every 10 minutes or six, every six minutes somebody dies from COVID yeah, or something yeah. like that. So a lot of, it's, it's really hitting hard. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that are passing away yeah. um, from this. And so no one, it seems like no one is actually immune at this point from knowing someone no. who has had it. You're right. Or who maybe will still have you, it. You are right. And I, so I mean, really, I think it's gotten to that point where there's no longer the six degrees of separation. It's like two. Exactly. You know exactly, mm -hmm. and so I don't. I think it's important that we that we come together as a nation, mm -hmm. and it. I'm sorry, but it is worse than the flu. Mm -hmm. It's worse. The death rate is worse than the flu here in California. You know, one of the things I keep hearing is only one percent of people who get it actually die. Why are we shutting down for one percent? Well, because. First of all, here in California, it's closer to 2% mm -hmm. of the people who are getting it are dying, which is way higher than the flu. Right. And we are also hearing, like today, there was a report out about um, long-term psychological problems. Mm -hmm. um, some too. people are having uh, psychotic episodes long after they've had COVID. Because think about it, when you lose your sense of smell and taste, that actually is the brain. Right, right. So the fact that there are um, psychotic episodes or psychological problems in people after they've had COVID shouldn't be a shock. No. Well, and, I, and I've also heard that there are people who maybe never had any symptoms, like physical symptoms, fevers or whatever, but they find out that they've got now a, a heart thing. Correct. That it somehow has affected their heart, which, Correct. you know, I mean, that's bad. Right. You so know? we might we might be able to just gloss over, hey, only 1% of people who get it are dying, but the other 99% may very well have some long-term long health issues. Right. And if, if that's the case, if every person in the country ended up getting it, then you would end up with, you know, 50% of us at least having some sort of long-term yeah. effects. Yeah. And right. that's not okay. Right. So we really need to protect one another. Yeah. We need to do all that we can to keep one another safe. If you feel strongly about not getting the vaccine, then don't get the vaccine. Um, there's a term used for people who don't get vaccinated. It's called freeloaders. So the nursing community that, you know, calls people who don't get vaccinated freeloaders. Mm -hmm. And they're not bad people. They are just able to ride on the coattails of yeah, those. That's, and that's the whole idea between, uh, about herd immunity. Right. So, is that there's those that get immunized, and then there's the freeloaders. Right. And between the two of them, you end up with herd immunity. Right. Um, and that's awesome. Right. You know, so it's no, there's no shame. If, if you really don't want to get vaccinated, there's no shame. Right. But, but we need to do all that we can do 
to protect one another. Right. So that means continuing to wear a mask. That means continuing to, to stay and socially to, distant. And to not do the things that they're suggesting are the things that spread. Like singing in a choir. Correct. <laughs> Which is, you know, tragic. Hard. Tragic. Especially for Hard. those of us who love to sing. Right. But right. it's what we have to do right now, yeah. you know. I... Um, I feel like I want to take a minute and and just you know, I, I'm I'm thankful, and I want to and I want to I'm gonna give a little commercial here for Fresno yeah. Music Academy and Arts. Right. Um. You know. Which is your studio? This is this is my school. Yeah. This we're is in, where we are right now. We're in Fresno. This. We're in Fresno, mm-hmm. and um, have this school, and uh, pre-pandemic we had close to 450 students. We were we were probably going to hit 500 students this year and we've dropped significantly correct but i but i just want to say publicly you know for however public our podcast goes at this point right. um i just want to say that you know to thank you to the families who who have hung in and done their music lessons online and kept kept us afloat i mean and thank you to zoom that's right. kept us afloat you know and we we are still Getting, taking students, people can still sign up. You can still take lessons. In fact, I was at a little store today, and I drive around in a car that has stuff all <laughs> over the car, and people will flag me down. There's been many times that I've thought... a rolling advertisement for sure. Uh, well, yeah. I, and I've thought that, like, you know, some old man was staring at me, and I've, like, looked at him, like, with a mean look, and then I realize he's not doing that. He's just looking at my car. <laughs> Looking at the car and like wanting to take. You were it. either going to be insulted or you were going to be. No. You, you thought you were super cute. One of the two. Yeah, or he was like giving me the creep eye. But no, he was looking at my car. He was reading your door. He was reading my door. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's happened actually a handful of times where I my immediate thought was, "What are you looking at?" Oh, I'm looking at my car. That's so funny. But it happened today. Older gentleman looked at the car. He like rolled down your window, and I told him, "Yeah, you can take piano online." And you know, oh, that's so, so awesome. I but I just I yeah I want to I'm I'm thankful that we're still here. I'm thankful for you, Liz. For you know, this is a creation out of the pandemic. Our yeah. our podcast, right? You know, we it just somehow morphed and yeah. and happened. You know, and I'm thankful to your husband Tom for helping and John for helping and. Um, there, there's just, there is a lot to be thankful for and there's a lot to look forward to. Right. And, um, I know that I'm going to be committed to, you know, really trying to take care of myself and my people around me and encouraging people to take care of themselves and, and to stay spiritually healthy. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to stay physically healthy, you know, and go to the gym and all that. But, you know, staying spiritually healthy, I think is really important and that's something that I know I want to do in this upcoming year I want to figure out you know if there is other things that I'm supposed to be doing what are they right what are the other things I'm supposed to be doing right. I, I, I have this book that I want to write that I've got 53 pages written and I want to finish it but yes. I don't exactly know how to do that it's kind of perplexing to me on how to... You just sit down and write I, every single I day. I know, I know. So I could do that instead of doing Hearts on Fire, like on Wednesday nights. I could right. say, okay, 
this is what I'm going to do instead this is my of my block of time. This is that my I block of time this, that I used to do, do this, and now I'm going to do this. Right. You know, right. stuff like that. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about time management and organization and stuff like that. Yeah. And because I, you know, you know, thank you, God, we're healthy and we, you know, we do have a future and it is going to end. Right. And so what do we want that to look like right. for us and our families and, you know. I mean, yeah. ultimately, it's I'm responsible for me and I have to do what I need to do and, you know. But there's just, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot to think about. A lot. Well, and like you said, there's so many things to be grateful for. I know that, you know, one of my jobs was working for a local theater company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of towns around this country have local theaters. Yes. And they, there's been movie, you know, Waiting for Guffman is yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. movies. That's a great movie. It's just, and it's a spoof on small town, you know, theater companies. Yeah. And so if, if some of you have never seen a show at uh, Roger Ruckus Dinner Theater or the Good Company Players, um, then it's not what you think. If you have an idea right. of what it's, local theater it's absolutely not is what you like, think. this is nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And we've had some, you know, really incredible people. I mean, if I start naming names, then I'm going to get in trouble because yeah. I will miss I will miss the names. But we've got, you know, we've got people who've won Golden Globes and Emmys and Tonys. Tonys. You know, the winningest. Um, Tony uh, actress or actor actress in uh, in Tony history started as an eight year old at our theater. So I will say the name Audra McDonald. Yes, yes. Um, she used to babysit my children. <laughs> there you go. That's right. And she started as an eight year old in mm -hmm. our theater company. Yeah. And. Oh, watching this go away would be devastating for our community yeah. because not only is it just, you know, some sweet little place. I've been in Still Magnolias there a couple of times, mm -hmm. um, as well as Still Magnolias here in this yeah. theater. Yeah. I've done a number of Christmas shows and a funny thing happened in the forum and, you know, musicals and all just all kinds of yeah. incredible productions, right? And a handful over there, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about you and cats on one of the other episodes. Yes. And um, <laughs> as she's making her cat sounds right now. Um, but this is the thing, is that community, it, they just don't do shows. They, they train up young kids Absolutely. to be adults. Absolutely. And those adults have gone on to be lawyers and psychiatrists. Absolutely. And... and it's because they have been poured into and they have been encouraged mm -hmm. to be the best that they can be starting at a very young yeah. age. They've learned structure and they've learned how to work as a team. And, and they've are, learned respect for one another. Correct. And they've learned how to be quiet. And they've learned how to take direction. And how to get along with people that you have different exactly. political views. Exactly. Sexual pro pro uh, proclivities. Um, financial stations. That's exactly right. All of these people are so different. Mm -hmm. And yet we come together for a common good. The theater is a beautiful, magical place because of that absolutely it absolutely is I don't I I can't think really of another environment that brings people together like that in yeah. that in that kind of way yeah. it's, it's um 
There's something very, very special about it. And this country has so much to learn and what they could learn from the theater environment oh, right. could honestly, could heal the country. Yeah, it certainly could. It could heal the country. I mean, they, they've done studies about music and theater and art and, and what parts of the brain that that helps develop and empathy is a huge part of artistic development. It develops that empathy muscle. It trains people to be more tolerant and understanding and um, it makes better humans. It really does. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's it's like the antithesis of Facebook. Yeah. So, <laughs> it is. So, so Facebook tells you that what you have to say is the most important thing that must be said today. Right. Right? Right. And that you nobody is more important than you and nobody's opinion is is more important than yours. And how many times have I seen people say, I have the right to express my opinion? Right. Well, if your opinion is filled with artificial facts, then that makes your opinion a little bit dangerous. Right. Um, and so all of us need to understand that uh, our opinion doesn't necessarily move the, con the country forward or move, you know, our relationships forward. Right. Just because you have the right to express it doesn't mean that it's the healthiest thing for a relationship. No, absolutely not. Whereas in theater, you learn that... You know, while you might feel comfortable saying a line this way, your director wants you to say it this, this way. other way. And it's for the good of the whole mm -hmm. that you make the decision to do it this other way. Right. And when you present this full-fledged, you know, incredible production that isn't about a single person. It's about a whole. It's about the whole working together. It's a team. It's a little team. Yeah. And everyone's important, and everybody has a job to do, and they're all important jobs. And who benefits from that? The audience benefits from it. The um, workers at the theater have benefited mm -hmm. from it. The actors, the musicians, even the people who record for you in a little studio, you know, months before the production, and right. then walk away, they're still an integral part yeah. of that whole. Yeah. And I think if we can all just understand that we are, there There are no, what, what is it saying, there are no small, act, there are no small parts, just small actors. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm telling you, in this world today, none of us are small. Right. We are all important. We are all important. I mean, I just, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the theater as this little microcosm of what the whole world could be, like you just said, yeah. you know, and like, it's just this little universe that's pretty beautiful. And right. it's just, it would be really cool to see that happen, you know, globally. Globally. It's like yeah. a little glimmer into a picture of how people could work together and can work together. I remember when my son did his first show. Um, gosh, he's probably going to get mad if he hears this, but um, it's not a bad story. It's a great story, but <laughs> he was just, I don't know, 10 or something when he did his very first show. And when the, when the show was over, he was very sad. It was very hard. Because, because you know. I do. And I know. When you are a part of this family mm -hmm. for four months, from rehearsal period all mm -hmm. the way through 
know, you get connected. You get very connected mm-hmm. in a way that you don't get connected mm-hmm. in, you know, working at a company for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. it happens. Boom. It happens, and you're just so intimately, uh, you know, close to, close to one another. Plus, you are intimately dependent mm-hmm. upon one another. Mm-hmm. If you walk out on that stage and you blow it. It's great to know that somebody is going to be there to catch you when you fall. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly. a beautiful, it, it, beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's not like that for everybody in life. No. So when my son was so sad after his the first show that he ever did had ended, um, he told me how sad he was. And I said, you know what's great about that is that you have had this experience and you get to feel this. Yeah. yeah. And I said, how lucky are you yeah. that you have had such a positive experience that you're sad to lose to it. To lose it. That's right. So what if 2020... Was a production. Yeah. What if it was a play? A really bad one. (laughs) What if we could all walk away going, gosh, I am so grateful that I was a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, Liz. I love it. Can we do that? Yeah. Can we walk away? How about if, because 2020 is done and many of us have not been our best selves, how about if we make a decision to be our best selves in 2021? I love it. That's kind of where I've been headed, you know, of really trying to, to, to do that and think that way and be present and really think about it and, and wanting to do my best and be a better, a better Deb in 2021. Yeah. And know that you did your part mm-hmm. to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. You didn't fight about wearing the mask. Nope. You didn't fight about this place being closed or that place being closed. You went out and bought dinner from your favorite restaurant and brought it home. Mm-hmm. And you as just, opposed to complaining you about just not being able it. to go to your favorite right. restaurant. You just deal with it. And you just deal with it and you serve one another. Mm-hmm. And if you get a little bit extra and you don't need that stimulus, donate it to somebody who does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? Yeah. There's there's a lot of people that could really use a little bit of support right now. Mm-hmm. So so let's be a part, let's make 2021 the the show that all of us want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? I like it. I like it, Liz. That's a great place to stop. I mean, that's a that's a great ending. I love it. Make 2021 a play for everyone. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Deb, happy well, 2020. Yeah. Happy 2021. I know. I'll see you next year, Liz. Absolutely, I'll see you next year. All right.